2: Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, DAD, and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. Team Danuk back together again.
3: Finally. Somebody tweeted me that Team Danuk was practically non-existent and I felt terrible.
2: Well, that's because you and I had a bad run of months, really, didn't we? Because like, yeah. back from my paternity leave and then you were busy i was busy we didn't do some shows and then there was the christmas period where we didn't do any shows it really does feel like we did what like three or four shows together towards the end of the year
3: we need a rebrand luke that's it (laughs) this show (laughs) failed we failed we failed the friday morning wars we need to rebrand this entire thing
2: (laughs) what what do you think team to 2.0 is gonna look like
3: Well, first of all, I think you should come in with some funky wigs, you know, spice it up just a little bit, and then I should not be in my pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. That's our rebrand.
2: That's our whole rebrand. How was your holidays?
3: It was really good, honestly. It was very nice to spend time with my family. Uh, That was exciting. You just got a lot of relaxation in, especially around, I think it was New Year's, or I forgot what week it was, but we had like four days. So I had essentially two days where I literally didn't have to do any work at all. And that was very, very nice.
2: And you got a nice new chair now as well.
3: Yeah, I do. The only problem with it is that this is as high as it goes. So when I do my solo shows, I literally have to put pillows (laughs) underneath my butt just so that I could be like up here because it doesn't go any higher. And so it doesn't look good when I'm like all the way down here. Do you have to do that when you drive?
2: no no I, I was gonna say because my wife does like my wife is four <laughs> foot 11 oh. and, like when she drives like, like we can adjust the chair but then it's just depending on ass because then i've got to readjust it so she basically just sits on cushions
3: i just lower the steering wheel
2: uh, yeah but then like I, I think she just prefers like she's comfortable in that taller way.
3: yeah yeah
2: and like it's comfortable that way so she just sits on cushions and stuff
3: Oh, okay. No, I never, yeah. I think I would be uncomfortable, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I would be uncomfortable. I would feel like too, like, you know, up here.
2: Did you get anything else nice for the holidays?
3: Yeah, so this weekend, I'm actually getting my holiday gift. Uh, wait, is it this weekend? No, sorry, next weekend. My bad. Uh, next weekend, I'm going on a little getaway, and that was part of my Christmas gift. Oh,
2: be Where are you going to? Uh,
3: I don't know. Honestly, it's some place in Northern California my fiance mm. picked it out and we we're like all right this place looks nice we'll go here <laughs> but it's like this town i've never even heard of before oh nice <laughs> yeah so i really do not even know what to expect but it's just gonna be like a small little thing like a weekend thing
2: well let's get into this main show we're talking about nxt it's a long old discussion about nxt and what could be next forward it. here it is It's being reported that NXT and WWE talent are depressed about the week of NXT news that we have had. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, your Jam That Champion, and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, less than 500 followers away from 50K, and she's not dressed like a bank manager today, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? Oh
3: my God, so you know about the bank manager clothing thing?
2: uh, Oh, I I saw, yeah.
3: (laughs) I was like oh this is terrible but no this is my this is my pajamas actually I just put a sweater on and but what I have under was my pajamas because this show is so early Luke. Well I mean you say that
2: as well like I've got my PJs on like above I'm wearing like a comfy card and I'm wearing a t-shirt but I'm legit wearing my pajama bottoms because when I had my showers today the kid was having a nap so I couldn't go into the room and get my jeans <laughs> so I just put my <laughs> pajama bottoms back on.
3: Uh, so this is this is not fair you get to blame the kid I don't got anybody <laughs> to blame by myself
2: you got to blame early mornings and technically you get to blame me because I've got you up this early
3: that's true and I literally messaged you like 15 minutes before the show <laughs> and I was like hey do we have a show today
2: I know I was gonna bring that up as well because I thought it was delightful that you put you the letter you as in like you know do you and I have a show today I, was like, <clears throat> I said cool I'll see you later the letter you Instead of writing Y O U, it was such like it, it felt like 2002 all over again. I thought it was Wait, quite delightful. I think I always put that though, don't I? I don't know. Like, I don't think I've ever noticed it before, but yeah, you put a U.
3: Oh, and a, I got I a put... shorthand version. Oh, no. And then I also had a spelling error. So I put, cool, <laughs> see you, I'm a bit. <laughs> 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 Lovely stuff.
2: Oh, it's delightful to have you back on the show. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have fun news to talk about this week.
3: Um, But do we have? We have plenty of news to talk about, though, that's for sure. Good Lord,
2: don't we just? So there was a lot of talent released this week, uh, both on camera and behind the scenes in NXT and... I, I mean, I'm just going to read this directly from Sean Rossap's Fightful Select report that he had earlier this week, which was unanimously the talent and staff familiar with the Performance Center, NXT and NXT 2.0 have said this is directly to remove numerous Triple H hires with the exception of Allison Danger. WWE officials we spoke to didn't deny this and even said as much in their statement in kinder terms. This is seen by almost everyone we spoke to as a dismantling of the NXT that existed under Triple H. Uh, Denise, I think some of this seems fairly unsurprising given the the NXT 2.0 changes. But how did you, how, what was your reaction to the news as it was coming out this week?
3: So prior to NXT 2.0 and just like even around the time that they made this announcement that, hey, we were going to be having NXT 2.0, blah, 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 right? Um, I kept hearing, you know, around the Internet, I was seeing a lot of, oh, you know, Vince McMahon is punishing Triple H because he lost the quote on war. And I'm sure this is something that you heard and a lot of people were saying. And I just remember thinking like, oh, that's BS, you know, like that's not true, whatever. Like, I kind of like I even chuckled a little bit at that. And as the weeks kept going, I kept seeing more of like, oh, this is punishment for losing the quote unquote war. And it kept going and it kept going. And there was times where I was like, ha, ah, that's funny. Like it probably is to a certain degree true. Right. But I didn't really uh, believe it, I think is what I personally thought. I didn't really believe it. And then we go and we see more proof that It kind of feels like it is true. Like I get, first of all, I get the business side of them saying like, oh, we have to change the NXT NXT brand and, you know, do something different with it. Personally, I think that they could have stuck to the exact same thing, modified it just a tad, made it, all they really had to do is rewire a couple of things. And Mm -hmm. I think that things would have been, you know, back on track. Honestly, that's what I think. But either way, so they did this, you know, whole rebranding, NXT 2.0, and then the releases that we're seeing, And I'm already starting to think like, okay, the people that are being released, you already know, are Triple H people, right? Triple H hires are people that, you know, we're close to Triple H, et cetera. And then Sean Ross Sapp's Fightful Select report comes out and he essentially confirms that, hey, you know what? It is looking like that is the reason why these people were essentially released. And it really sucks when you look at that, because it's like it's so unfair to fire somebody, to let somebody go because of their association with the prior, uh, you know, person in charge or the prior regime, whatever you want to call it, okay, whatever you want to call it, it is completely unfair. And I get that they put out the statement that it's like, oh, you know, this essentially happened because we're moving forward with the NXT 2.0 vision. And to do so, we got to move on with this vision. But here's the thing. Luke, that's making it seem like people are one dimensional just because you were used to doing certain things a certain way and, you know, booking the shows a certain way, going for certain talent, whatever the case may be it's basically saying like oh these people because they were you know part of the black and gold era of NXT it's like saying they're one dimensional and they can't necessarily adapt to these new changes that we're making on NXT 2.0 and as we all know that's not necessarily the case so when you see that people are being released because they're quote unquote association with Triple H it's really messed up and you can apply this to any sort of form of whatever job any person is doing if god I don't know there were some changes on Russell talk tomorrow and all of a sudden it was like hey you're out of a job because you know what Luke liked you so you're done instead of it being like you know what you were good at your job you weren't good at your job so it is very very unfortunate
2: it is you I mean you mentioned the NXT thing I was just listening to um Sean's Q&A uh that he was doing on the Patreon and you know someone asked him like is this because of AEW and, and losing to AEW when they went head to head and Sean said I don't think it helped it didn't work out, and it feels like Triple H is being punished for that. Whether he is or not, I don't know, but we are going to find out. You know, like, and it's been. I think it. Yeah, you know, he was saying on that show that these Triple H wouldn't have been making these sorts of decisions. Like Stephanie would have been making these sorts of decisions because these are people that they like, and these are people that they like working with. You know, Road Dog, Regal, like I, I, Ryan Katz is one that I that really stuck out to me because. Dave Meltzer wrote about this in The Observer saying Ryan Katz was involved with creative, even winning the winning, sorry, <clears throat> I'll try that again even winning the Observer's Booker of the Year award with Triple H in 2015 He was also one of the key promo coaches He and Triple H were the key creative forces during the period most would call the glory days of NXT when they were able to tour nationally, draw big for takeovers and put together some of the best pro wrestling major shows in US history. So Your WWE, your Vince, your Nick Khan, your Pritchard, your Johnny Ace, whoever you are, you look at this guy, you know, you could almost say you look at this Katz and you're like, well, you know, he had a really good booking run, but we can't do anything with him now because we've got a new vision that we want to go ahead with. That just seems insane. That feels like that is a pointed decision to get rid of him and remove him from the NXT brand.
3: So in speaking of Ryan Katz, I do have a little bit of not necessarily insight but a little bit of experience having uh you know communicated with ryan for a bit so uh god i think it was maybe like either late 2019 or somewhere around 2020 probably 2020 i you know i had been friends with ryan Katz because i had been told By people like hey this is somebody you need to know this is somebody you need to be uh be aware of so we were Facebook friends but I never really approached them because you know I get shy and I don't really approach people etc right you get me Luke and one day I'm minding my own business and bam I get this like direct DM from from Ryan Katz on Facebook and I'm thinking to myself my god like what is this so I go and it's this message from Ryan and he basically tells me, I'm going to paraphrase it, basically tells me that he notices me, he notices my work, and we had this conversation. And all I can say is that he was somebody that was... Saying good things about me when I obviously was not in that room. I haven't been in any of those rooms, you know, but he was somebody that was saying a lot of good stuff about me and basically noticed the work that I was doing and appreciated the work that I was doing. And it was kind of crazy to have that from him. And so, like, him and Gabe Sapolsky, because Gabe Sapolsky was another person who also, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, we message on like DMs and stuff like that, and had, you know, talked about, you know, my personal, you know, career and all of that, right. So when I see that, and you see people getting released, and you know, like, kind of a little bit of how the at least, you know, just a little bit of the interactions that the personal interactions that you've had, it it, it sucks to see that because you're like, damn, like, From what I, you know, from my experience, like this person was somebody that was, you know, saying good things about you, this person was somebody that was, you know, vouching for you, whatever, right? And that's just me, like, I'm on the outside. So you start to think about the talent on the inside. And from what I saw like there was so much love and respect coming out for riding cats like so much love and respect I saw a lot of people basically you know talk about their own experiences and how they felt you know having worked with him I I read his Facebook post you know he wrote this very long uh message where he talked about you know his career getting to WWE in the first place and you know everything that he did there and it was pretty nice you know he was very grateful about all the experiences that he got with the company all the talent that he had to work and I believe in the the bottom of the message he even wrote like hey guys I left you a message you know so and so somewhere uh, he mentions where and then afterwards you know basically just kind of giving them like a farewell message but it's like I can't imagine how hard that must be for the talent when you have somebody that you're used to working with that uh, you know uh, just basically helps you helps you grow especially when you're so maybe not sure of your path and what things are going to happen and you're scared and you need some reinforcement i feel like that was probably somebody that they had and just like basically seeing all the responsibilities that he had it's like you just can't i don't know it's crazy to me it's it's, it's crazy to me
2: dave monster wrote in the observer here talent and others in the system were very depressed with many wondering the future of the brand William Regal was responsible for many getting chances, and he's one of the most knowledgeable people about wrestling worldwide and was heavily respected across the board. I can tell you that some of the biggest names in the business would to this day come to him for advice on wrestling and career decisions. So, The the, the thing there that I, I, you know, we use it as the title in this and on the thumbnail, talent and others in the system were very depressed. And you can say, oh, you know, that's just Dave, you know, reporting there. SRS is saying the same thing. And I'm going to apologize now to our, uh, one of our moderators, Rich, um, who just asked us to keep this PG. I'm also going to apologize in advance. Oh, to that was Editor
3: probably Vinny. my fault. <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no. no. I'm, I'm, this is my fault here. Oh. Uh, um, I've got to apologize to Rich because he was just asking for us to keep it PG. I'm also going to uh, uh, apologize to Editor Vinny because he's going to have to sense this out. But someone asked Sean, what's the uh, morale like in NXT? And he said, it's sh- it sh- right now and he said it's not just uh, it's not great among long term people there and people who left are like i saw this coming so like if you're part of the NXT 2.0 rebrand if you're say like a Carmelo Hayes if you're a Grayson Waller if you're a Bron Breaker and you are now being I think fans are now just going to be negatively looking at anyone who's coming up through the NXT 2.0 thing, because it's not the NXT that we loved. It's not the NXT that we liked. And what we are seeing is a systematic dismantling of a product that we liked because the people in charge didn't like the fact that, well, I mean, like, why didn't they like it? Because I know you can say it's the AEW thing, but I remember, this was a few years back, this was maybe like 2014, 2015, when NXT, this was before they did takeovers on Mania weekend, but they did do a show on Mania weekend. And the main event I think was, it was Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks. I think it was those two. It was definitely Flair and someone else. And the crowd were chanting, better than Mania. And apparently Vince was, furious about this that there were wrestling fans going to a wwe show and saying this is better than the product that i'm paying to that i'm supposed to be enjoying so like do you think it is just a case of that they have never liked the fact that
3: nxt was popular honestly i really just think it was because they lost to aew yeah and in you know their mind and vince's mind it's like we've never quote-unquote lost a war even though they've rewritten history on that end uh so personally i just think I just think that was the reason. And it's like, okay, well, you failed. This clearly isn't working. We got yep. to completely rebrand, which I get it. Like companies do that all the time, right? Something's not working. Let's rebrand. But in this specific case, they didn't need to rebrand the entire thing. Like literally, like I said, just rewire a couple of things. I mean, look uh, at so Breakers
2: I... entrance at New yeah. Year's Eve, right?
3: And even like, there's honestly, there's certain things because I, you know, I watch NXT 2.0 every week. It's part of my job to cover there are certain things that i like of nxt 2.0 that could have easily been implemented into the old nxt you didn't have to kill the the brand uh to you know incorporate these things and that's the other thing that i want to talk about too you know i did have that interview with Shawn michaels and he you know a whole half hour conversation where he talks about all the changes that we're seeing in the company and you know why things were done and he talks about you know how it was hard to receive the backlash from the fans because that Mm. you know obviously you having been in the company as long as Shawn Michaels has he's used to you know getting you know negative feedback negative stuff you know taking heat from the fans and all of that good stuff right but but he said like it was challenging though to have the brand receiving it for like the first time because for the most part NXT was loved by the people and had a you know, a very unique, uh, you know, a unique portion of the WWE fan base that were really passionate about the brand. We all know it. We saw the shows, how, you know, we went to the shows, we were there, we experienced it. And so, you know, he talks about that. And he, he I think he also really kind of hammered home the fact that the young talent, that's the vibe I got. Like he kind of like, I think he felt for the young talent that's coming in here because he even said, like, these young talents, they got nothing to do with the changes that are happening. They are literally people with dreams of becoming WWE superstars because they grew up as fans or whatever the case may be, and they're just trying to, you know, be part of this. They're trying to entertain you. But because of the changes and because of the reasons why we believe the changes were made, it is hard for the fans to, you know, uh to get invested in the band in in the brand again and that was another thing that he touched on where he said like you know we're still and this is the part that is hard to obviously now after the releases you can't uh really defend this anymore but he did say you know we're still the same nxt we're still the same people behind it and then lo and behold two weeks after that a lot of these people are gone
2: yeah, but I would imagine when he said that at the time, he did they, think it was going to be yeah. the oh, same I'm people. Oh, I'm sure he
3: did. Oh,
2: yeah, because yeah. Like, this, is clear, this is clearly like I mean, we've seen this with all of the releases over the last few months. Scotty Zuhadi was talking about this with Chris Van Vliet when, on um, Insight, uh, which was a really great interview, by the way. I'd highly recommend everyone go and check that out. And Scotty was on there saying that like he would he had a class in the afternoon with his students. And then like a few hours later was going home and some of his students text him being like, oh, thanks for everything. And he was like, oh yeah, no, it was a good class, right? And they're like, no, we've just been cut. So like a lot of these like firing decisions are clearly just sort of like, you know, I don't want to say last minute decisions, but they're not like they have they're been abrupt. They are a- abrupt. Is a very good way to put that, actually. Yeah. So I'd imagine if you're like Shawn Michaels, you know, speaking with you, like it's the same NXT, it's the same people in charge, and he's probably thinking it's gonna be the same people, and then two weeks later, an abrupt change is made.
3: He talked about that too. He talks about, hey, you know, these changes. WWE moves very fast. The second they make a decision bam there's somebody on that making sure that that decision gets executed and so uh, unfortunately that falls in line too with you know the releases and whatnot that is wild though like that's very unfortunate like one second you're like training and the next that person's gone that's that's just madness that's crazy
2: and it will be very interesting because triple h hasn't he's obviously not been around because he had his health uh he's had his health issues had his cardiac arrest and and things like that and you know and uh, he's still recovering best best wishes and well wishes to him so we don't know what his role is in nxt currently and we're not gonna know until he gets back We'll get on to Triple H in just a little bit, actually, because the other name that we haven't talked about thus far is Samoa Joe, because a lot of these people were cut earlier in the week. Like William Regal was like one of the first big names, and then it was Road Dogg was along with that, and Ryan Katz. Oh, man, like the Alison Danger one really sucks. She was only hired in October. Yeah. She got, she got fired on her kid's first day at school because she uprooted her family, moved them to Florida for this job, and on her kid's first day in this new school... She loses her job and now she's got to restart all over again. And that sucks.
3: It's terrible.
2: And the other name that came out literally yesterday, within the last 24 hours, is Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is now, he's been fired twice by WWE within a nine month period. And Samoa Joe was a guy that WWE release and then Triple H fought to bring back into the NXT fold. And the idea was that he was going to be William Regal's enforcer. He would occasionally do matches, but he was mostly there to be a talent scout. And when Sean reported on these releases earlier in the week, the word was no talent, like in-ring talent is going to be released. And in NXT's mind, it still isn't because Samoa Joe wasn't seen as in-ring talent anymore. He was a behind-the-scenes guy. He won the title and they just weirdly stripped it off him just before the 2.0 rebrand and then that was it. And actually, even guys like Timothy Thatcher and Danny Burch were not considered in-ring talent. They were considered behind-the-scenes coaches now. But what was your reaction to Joe being released?
3: Well, that's the one that I think everybody saw coming. I think he was even trending, God, like two days or the second the releases started happening. Like he was already trending because I think people were saying, oh, we'd be surprised if by the end of the night, and Joe is still with the company, et cetera, et cetera. And that was something that Sean reported as well that, hey, we found out the news on Thursday, but it was God. I think the Performance Center talent found out on Wednesday. And so. I mean, the Samoa Joe thing, damn, it is so hard to kind of comprehend his whole thing because nine months, uh, Luke, you just became a father. Nine months, you can make a baby, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I <laughs> a whole life. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. And during that period, it's like... You know you get released from your job twice like that, that's terrible but okay so let's you know let's talk about the framing of what happened in those those nine months because april was when he got released and everybody was like what the hell like there's so much you can do at samoa joe how did you not find a spot for him cool triple h fights back for him he comes back he is literally the best thing that happened to carry and cross when he was champion you have that an nxt takeover 36 match he becomes uh you, you know nxt champion for a third time and then He has to relinquish the title for an Undisclosed injury that I don't think We ever found anything about right Like there was never any more details was, on that
2: I thought that was weird I, I don't think it was an injury Whatsoever I think they just wanted to Have a work it, I think it was I 100% Believe it was a work that's just me that's me Personally speculating I have no idea But like it, it never felt It just felt really weird And it felt like they wanted to have a new Champion crown on the first episode of 2.0
3: this doesn't make sense. Anyways, so then afterwards, it then we don't see him anymore. And then he's gone. Yeah. It's like, what? And I think just even looking at that little chunk of, you know, time that we saw that little chunk that we just described of Samoa Joe, I think that clearly explains, hey, we didn't know what we were doing here. Yeah. No idea. And I got to talk to Samoa Joe too at the SummerSlam a weekend when they did the media, the media. Oh my gosh, I keep saying that. The talent tryouts, excuse <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. And I, you know, he was, you know, there. Triple H was there, uh, Matt Bloom was there. There were so many different people there scouting the talent. Uh Samoa Joe was just very, very uh smart and professional and telling me, hey, this is what we're looking for, this is what we're doing, a very wee thing. And you don't speak like that unless you're like really embedded in what you're doing. And so going back, I rewatched that interview yesterday to try to like, you know, find any tidbits or anything interesting from there. Uh, and I just couldn't believe that you one second you go from being so embedded into being part of a project, being a part of something. And then four months later, gone.
2: There was someone posted up on Twitter today, and I think this is kind of stunning, really, because this was only six months ago. When you look at what Samoa Joe did when he came back to NXT, he had a program when he was William Regal's enforcer feuding with Karrion Cross. And the other thing that he did was break up a fight between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly.
3: And the girls. Remember, he couldn't control the girls. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, (laughs) stop.
2: And like now... (laughs) All gone, every single person involved in that, and that was six months ago. Like, that is that's insane. And two of those people, two of those people chose to go.
3: And here's the thing about Samoa Joe, though, is that he's somebody that you could literally put in any position. I mean, and just in, you know, just in WWE, obviously, we saw him as a wrestler. We saw him as a commentator, which everybody loved. He yeah, added see, He brought that thing like he brought yeah. life to to commentary on on Raw. And, uh, you know, we see him as as a freaking enforcer. <laughs> I'm going to count the enforcer, uh, a <laughs> scout, etc. cetera. What else we didn't, whatever else we didn't see that he did too. I mean, it's when you have somebody that is able to uh, be good in all of those roles, you don't, you don't release somebody like that. Uh, Luke, let me ask you a question. If you, you know, you're, you, you have your, you know, you have a staff, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to let go the person that does one thing? Or are you going to let go the person that does like a bunch of stuff? No.
2: Uh, yeah, I know exactly right. Like and you can say that about a lot of the people that were released here. You know, like, like are you telling me that Timothy Thatcher isn't a good hand to have one to train people? You're gonna tell me that Danny Birch isn't a good hand to train people? You're gonna tell me that you don't you got nothing to do for Road Dog and and William Friggin Regal? Like you're gonna tell me that you're like because um and like the only reason to let them go is because they're triple H guys. So there's literally no other explanation for it and i think that is insane even if you are part of this whole we're rebranding nxt 2.0 we need to move forward with that you don't think william regal who has been a wwe guy for 20 plus years can't do that job that's and madness absolutely madness
3: and not only that luke there's one other thing you're forgetting he's a man man. (laughs) such Such a a man man. such a man he's a real all-time great i love that song by (laughs) the way i love it and unfortunately it's been kind of stuck it's been unfortunately stuck in my head because of the the news right Mm. it it was something that was like oh william regal bam in my brain he's a man (laughs) Um, It
2: it was a theme song for my university household like you know sort of early 2000s we were like oh, man do you remember this theme this is the best theme ever he's a man um the uh, last thing to mention on joe as well this is from Fightful for select one wwe higher up said that joe handled the situation quote as professionally as possible and considering the last few years he's had here that's easier said than done so, and you don't
3: think he saw it coming too i mean he saw it coming yeah. probably before anybody else did 100
2: percent like that's what scotty t hardy said like i think sean reached out to him and scotty said like i see i saw a lot of this coming that's why scotty left that's what he was saying to chris van Vliet. He was like this isn't fun anymore there's changes coming i don't agree with the changes that they're making the writing is on the wall i would have been gone anyway so i made the choice to go and it, yeah. it's just not and like gabe sapolsky is another guy that i think is gone because he and triple h were the guys who were, you know? like nxt got evolve because of the relationship that Triple H cultivated with Gabe Sapolsky. And Gabe Sapolsky then came into the fray and sort of like joined upon to the team. But again, Evolve essentially became the NXT for NXT. Evolve is the reason why we had guys like Johnny Gargano in the company, why Ricochet, Timothy Thatcher, Chris Hero. Actually, I think Matt Riddle is there because of the relationship that Triple H built with Gabe Sapolsky and Evolve.
3: Yeah, it sucks, man. It's just... I feel like you know, you're either, like, you're good at your job. You're good at your job, right? It shouldn't matter. And, but this is, this happens all the time though. How many times haven't you heard of stories of, hey, this new person's taking over. So all the old people that used to work here are gone. It happens all the time. Anytime there's changes in any company. Uh, I'm not just talking about, you know, wrestling or anything like that. I'm talking about like real, oh, no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say real life, but this is real life too. <laughs> but, like our, like ordinary people, yeah, yeah, yeah. non-famous people like. <laughs> Lives, you know, That's are you like, trying to say that we're not amongst that? those
2: non-famous people?
3: Okay, I don't know how to describe it.
2: Oh, you now five hundred people away from fifty thousand subscribers. You're like, I'm a celebrity now.
3: No, I meant like, uh, I don't know what I meant. So many people, yeah, I do know what I meant. But you messed me up.
2: I'm Denise Salcedo. Well, I'm, I'm here at this point. <laughs>
3: While I'm here, less than 500 followers away from 50k <laughs> at underscore Denise Salcedo. Um, right, I again. gotta push. You see, I'm a businesswoman. I'm selling oh my you God. my Twitter account.
2: I'm I'm amazed that like, dude, your Twitter follower numbers have been so impressive over the last few years. Anyway, <laughs> and, and like you were making fun of me. I know. I noticed, know, and you leapfrogged me something fierce. I and I full credit to you. That was down to your hard work and great tweets. Like were you a fan of wrestling in high school I mean, you look at that as like four four thousand quote retweets and things like that i'm like i don't get anything like this
3: i know you know what's funny so there's times where i have like thoughts and i'm like these thoughts are so stupid but they're funny right and i'm like oh screw it they're going up on the twitter account luke i have to be careful though I, there's too much power that comes with a tweet <laughs> <laughs> and it's terrifying it's great and there's power t- You have to, I I now have a process to, if I'm unsure about a tweet, I run it by somebody first and that person will be like, yay or nay, dude. Like you shouldn't tweet that. All right, cool, cool. Just making sure.
2: Cool, cool, cool. With great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's (laughs) freaking Spider-Man over here, Spider-Denise.
3: I haven't seen Spider-Man.
2: I mean, what, any Spider-Man film? No, like the new one you don't have to see the new one like with great power comes great responsibility it's like that's ingrained within all the spider-man films well i Tommy watched Boxing. one like
3: a thousand years ago well, we've established this luke we've established <laughs> this <laughs> although i will tell you this though you have really messed me up so every single dang time that i go on the news or anything that has to do with tom holland <laughs> Immediately, Tom Dulland. Tom Dulland. it's just there for the rest of my life.
2: Well, you know, sometimes. I'm Luke Owen from Cineworld, and today I'm joined by the stars of Spider-Man No Way Home. Tom Dalland, sorry, Tom Dalland? Tom...
3: So Luke, I, please do not get mad, but I played that clip for my fiance <laughs> like a hundred times, and we just like laughed and died like a thousand times over.
2: Oh, I it's, went, it's absolutely fine. I was talking about it with Dan Layton on the Cineworld podcast, like <laughs> literally yesterday. And he was like, what happened? I was like, I called him Tom Dollar And he watched, and he was like, why did you do that? And I have to explain the story again and be like, I was in a Zoom call and my webcam wasn't working. It's end day and all this. and you know, I got flustered. I called him Tom Dollar
3: I loved it. I loved it. I have the whole science down to your reaction. <laughs> I could see your, like, blood pressure rising. <laughs>
2: um right back onto the <laughs> nxt thing um this is another note actually from uh sean's q a show where you know talking about like those nxt uh the nxt 1.0ers that are still there i think you could probably say that that's you know champa roderick strong pete Dunne. i suppose like i know they had eli drake on the um the team but i don't think he really counts what's he called la Knight. eli yeah. la eli Knight. K- yeah 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 i, I think, think he, really
3: they they counted him as a. uh you know, yeah,
2: one point, not 0. a 2.0
3: guy, yeah, yeah. And like, I, th- I feel
2: like that's by default, as opposed to
3: it's not exactly, you I know, mean, you he think came of like in, a, in on, like a I couple know. months, but bef- no more than a couple months, though, within yeah. the last year,
2: yeah. But no one looked at Eli Drake and was like, classic NXT Eli no, Drake, right? Absolutely there. nobody. <laughs> so, but anyway, someone asked about if there were any plans for Tommaso Ciampa and Roderick Strong because they both lost their titles at New Year's Evil, and Sean was like, nope. No plans for them currently, not that he's heard of. Many within, this is a direct quote, many within NXT were frustrated. I don't want to say with the treatment of them, but were frustrated with the situation Roderick Strong was put in, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, man. I think we saw it coming again as somebody that watches NXT 2.0 every week, immediately, even before you know a lot of these people got released or we stopped seeing them on TV or whatever the case was. I, I, you watch it and you're like, this person doesn't fit in to the brand they just Mm. don't fit in and it sucks Mm. because it's like not their fault you know but it's just the way that things change
2: diamond mine as well is a group that has had a lot of changes within its very short period of time that it's had right
3: they honestly like i feel bad but i was never interested in the diamond mine from like day one i was not interested but they added the creed brothers and that made me interested but then like seeing all the changes that have occurred i'm like damn i feel bad for them
2: I like Malcolm Bivens, I like Ivy Nile um,
0: I like
3: Malcolm Bivens a whole lot Bivens Ivy Nile, it's like hit or miss Still, She's still super green So I can't say that I'm like OMG uh, About her just yet But there's obviously she's got a great look and all of that But I love Malcolm Bivens And I love the Creed Brothers too
2: <laughs> Yeah, Bivens rules um, So let's talk about trips then Let's talk about Triple H How I And mean, I'm not trying to think of how to phrase this question as well But like What do you think is next for Triple H? I saw someone in the chat said that he's likely just gonna be involved in the NIL program. But like, this was something that he was so passionate about this NXT product. Like I've been to NXT shows, I was there for NXT London and the passion that he had for it then and any interview, he did any media call, he loved, he lived and breathed this NXT and it has been taken away from him. It has been stripped down, it has been taken apart. And he has now not got anything to do with it. Seemingly, that sucks, right? So, like, what do you think is is next for Triple H? Are you one of those people that thinks like he should go and he should start his own promotion and this and the other? Like, are you one of those people, or do you think he's just going to take the desk job?
3: Thinking it and wishing it, two different things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking it, I do not think it's going to happen. I think he'll he'll stay with WWE and you know find something or another to do there. Wishful thinking i would love to see triple h start his own promotion oh are you kidding me i would be so on board uh we you know we've already had our arguments luke you and i <laughs> about how you feel about triple h and how i feel about triple h. And I get I, it I, obviously I, as a I, wrestler and a booker you see two different things i get 100,
2: it. 100 100 i have never seen a triple h match that i loved with it okay
3: see and the i'm polar the, opposite except with, the, with the, exception
2: <laughs> of the cactus jack match at royal rumble 2000 every other triple h match i've seen is the same match every single time but as a as a promoter and as a booker can i with nxt 1.0 it ruled
3: okay so that's what i'm getting at all right so polar opposite because i love triple h <laughs> even prior to him doing the nxt stuff and all of that um so like i just feel like and that's the thing too and i wanted to tweet this out but i didn't and i just kind of wanted to talk about you know just the you know growing up a triple h fan and being a fan of his work throughout the years and kind of see him, you know, flourish into this new, you know, businessman and doing all of this and then doing all this stuff with NXT. Like it was cool to see, especially as somebody that was a fan of his work. So kind of to see that evolution of Triple H for me was very cool. And now to see what has happened of that creation as a creator myself, obviously it's not to the level of, you know, creating an NXT, but, you know, as a creator, I just can't imagine I mean, God, if some, someone took my YouTube channel tomorrow, I would be completely devastated, mm-hmm. devastated, right? And it's like, I can't imagine having that taken away from you. At the end of the day, I'm, ass- I'm assuming it sucks. It just sucks, all right? And not, yeah. I'm not only that, the people that you worked with, and you don't think, you don't think, I mean, I would kind of feel, not only would I feel bad, but I would feel embarrassed too, And that's what sucks as well, because, look, let's say you promise people, hey, you're going to have a job for life here. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the rug gets swept from underneath you and you no longer can help protect these people's jobs. How would you feel in that situation?
2: I was going to say, it almost feels like, and I'm only mentioning this now because I've just started watching the show, but like Kendall Roy in uh, Succession, like the very first episode of Succession is like, Kendall Roy is going to be the kid that's going to take over from us. Like he is going to take over from me when I step down. And the first episode is all about him being like, no, you're not. Absolutely no, you're not. You're actually going like further down to the the back of the line and and the other. Kind of like, it really feels like that was it for trips. Like this was like, this is your training wheels to see if you can take over this one day. And it didn't work out. And I now feel like he's never getting that job. He's never going to be that guy that runs WWE. If anyone's doing it, it's Nick Khan or it's Bruce Pritchard.
3: And that's the thing, too. It's like, come on. You know there's got to be politics behind there. You know there's got to be people whispering in Vince's ear saying this and that and this and that. And, you know, all. I mean, I'm just assuming, okay? Like, this is just <laughs> me assuming, all right? Like, I, I've seen enough dramas <laughs> to understand the way this stuff works. But no, um, I did want to say something else, and I completely comp- – okay, here we go. This is another thing that we need to talk about. You, you mentioned him not being put in this position anymore. Why? Because in, in Vince's eyes, it was a failure, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't succeed at the job that he was supposed to do. Then you basically – You're basically telling the world, you're sending the world a bad message by saying now we're getting rid of his entire team and completely dismantling everything he built. You're sending a negative message out there about this person's work and this person's creation uh, versus, you know, more of a celebratory thing where it's like, you know what? This was phenomenal, but you know what? We're changing. We're going a different way, but God, we love the old NXT. We didn't get that.
2: No. No no this whole thing was designed to be like that old version was it's it's gone forget about it it's done look at the new shiny thing and focus only on the new shiny thing.
3: Yeah and this whole thing like I do think that this whole Nikon thing like ever he this whole Nikon period it's really setting a uh I think we're going to see the effects of this. I mean we're already seeing the effects of it now but I think we're going to be seeing the effects even more so of this period. In a couple of years, <laughs> yeah. because WWE went from the place of, hey, that's the dream. You know, people want to work there to now. It's like, well, yeah, it'd be cool, but is my job safe.
2: 100%. I mean, like we sort of briefly skipped over Allison in Danger, Kathy Carino.
3: Like, and there's more people. There's, there's more, more people, people that like, uprooted their life. She's not the only she's one. There's not
2: more. The only, not the only one who uprooted her life to move to this job and then got fired just a few months later. Quite a few. It's happened to a few people within NXT within the last year or so. And it sucks. And it's it's funny as well. Like it's so Chris Fenfly also spoke with Freddie Prince Jr. recently. And Freddie Prince Jr. was talking on that show that he, a friend of his at Fox, was talking about that a few years ago, WWE were trying to get Fox to buy them. And I, I think a lot of Nick Khan's moves here are all about that now. Like this was before Nick Khan was as part of the company, but everything that Khan has done since really does feel like we are moving towards a sale of WWE, whether that happens this year, whether it happens in five years time, I don't know, but it clearly is something that WWE have wanted to do for a while.
3: Yeah. But I think it's also making the brand look bad.
2: Yeah, oh, 100%. It makes everything. I don't think,
3: I don't, I mean, I'm not really like looking to see what people are saying in regards to this, but this is something that I feel like I haven't really seen people talk about how this is going to affect the company in the future.
2: Yeah. Right. Like, and like the morale, like whether you want to go and work that, like, I guess if you're part of the NIL program, you probably feel like you're more safe because you're not an indie darling. I think if you're an indie darling that's working, there, then yeah, you probably are like, my days are numbered. I don't even know why I'm still here. But if you're part of the NIL program, then you're probably like, I'm probably more safe than anyone else.
3: Well, yeah, but here's the thing, like, you know, let's say you're that indie darling, right? You're blowing up in the indies. Oh, my God, you're so special. You're going to be a star. Uh, you get offered a contract by WWE. You go to WWE. They don't use you. You waste two years of your life there. And then you come back out and it's like all these other people have come and now are the new indie darlings. And now they're doing this and that and they're, you know, killing it. And you're like, damn, I got to start from square one again and built myself up all over again. And it's like now I feel more people are seeing that and thinking, well, is this the right way for me to go about things? Because any moment I could go risk my future and then all of a sudden times pass me by, other people have become stars and I'm left out in the dust.
2: Just before we move into the old chats I do want to point out as well that I like more than one Triple H match. I think he's actually had a, he's had a lot of really good matches.
3: Were you getting drama <laughs> in the chat over that? No, no,
2: I was, just, I was just thinking about it. Like I said that and then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I also really liked that his Undertaker Hell in the Cell match and, <laughs> and actually the, the WrestleMania match before that. And there was the uh, the Shawn Michaels match at SummerSlam. That was really good. Or the tag match with him and Austin versus Benoit and Jericho. That was like really, really good. So every now and again, you're like, oh, I could think of like five or six other Triple H matches that I really like.
3: you see like i'm rubbing off on you
2: (laughs) said the actress to the bishop anyway let's get into your ultra chats. thank you all for joining in the conversation you can do so too wrestletalk.com forward slash support james hanley and go and follow denise alcedo she is less than 500 followers away from 50k have you got an update for us
3: um no i was actually going right now (laughs) it's still less it's like 420
2: okay well there's there's nearly two thousand people that are watching this stream so surely not all of you are following denise alcedo so go and do her a favor um james hanley also it's a great feed to follow very very good for wrestling coverage James Hanley said Vince's narcissism will not allow him to acknowledge any weakness. NXT is a loser's brand. Doesn't matter that it made money for the company or had a fan base, it lost. And therefore, if you like it, you're a loser too. That's how narcissists think. In fairness, though, James Hanley, NXT also never made any money. That, I didn't have, that's the other portion of it. It was always a money losing brand. But like the, the idea was... It's okay because you get stars out of the back. of you. you get future WrestleMania main eventers out of the back of it. So, yes, it did always lose money, but it also had a big fan base. <laughs> Who's just following you?
3: Uh, somebody named Kurt, so I was making sure to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing them as they pop in. Oh, thank you, Felicity.
2: All right, we're not having a running tally. Uh, we got some We got
3: merch. Uh, <laughs> Continue <laughs> on. I'm just here.
2: William Banter said NXT went around 800 to 900,000 viewers to 500k plus these changes to a brand that wasn't uh, perceived as a success makes me wonder what that company's definition is even from a business and number standpoint everyone is suffering and it's inexcusable hashtag we are NXT William I would imagine their rationale for the fact that the numbers they're getting now aren't even as good as the numbers NXT one we're getting is like well it's early doors you know we just gotta we gotta find our fan base even if that fan base median age is 62
3: that's bad
2: <laughs> yeah right
3: yeah and i feel bad but every time i share my like youtube uh demo everybody thinks like <laughs> nobody from nxt is watching you
2: i know no one from nxt watches like ours. And that and that's why i What is like,
3: your I... demo is it like around like the same like so our, 25 our to 35
2: like, oh yeah 100 fact i can I can tell you exactly what it is. Cause I was doing this uh, just the other day, um, but like our NXT numbers are always, it's the least watched show. And I always thought it was like, yes, yeah, yeah. because no one really cares about NXT, unfortunately, but actually now that you mention it, oh yeah, it actually just makes sense. Is because the average NXT viewer age isn't watching our YouTube channel.
3: I think my 55 plus or 65 plus one of those, one of them is 0.3. And then one of them is like 0.1 of my viewership.
2: Yeah. Let me get it for you. Where is it? Oh, to the, no, I'm in the right folder. One second. I'll do another chat while I'm searching for this. Uh, Mayor of Peaceful Dan. Hey, Dan. Said, hello, Internet. I hope everyone does well. Because I am doing well, I've gone numb to WWE releases and their entire product because of it. How can you release Regal, though? Uh, can't wait to watch Birch and Thatcher in WXW. Big plus for the indie scene. I cannot wait for stone and thatcher to be back on the uk independent circuits
3: what do you think's gonna happen with nxt uk there's somebody that was posting a like joke and I know, it's a joke right but <laughs> i don't even want to say it have you seen the joke that has been going around about why people from nxt uk haven't been released
2: is it because that vince doesn't actually know that it's a thing
3: no because that was always
2: my theory no
3: somebody posted and i've seen it like every time there's releases there's the one it's a joke about john larenitis i don't want to say it on the air though
2: okay yeah yeah let's not but it's
3: i've seen it and i was like stop it (laughs) stop it but every time it comes up it kind of gets funnier luke (laughs) i think some people have seen it
2: I, I was talking about this on the prediction show. NXT UK is going to survive because it costs them so... Like, they pay their talent so little money it doesn't affect the bottom line for if, if WWE. Um, uh, just to confirm, 90% of our audience is 18 to 44. So we are... We have got no one in that demographic. Lovely uh, Chant 25. I'm beyond uh, being baffled or confused by these releases. It makes no sense. It never made any sense. As easy as it is to demonize WWE, they sure seem to feed into it. It's goddamn, it's got awful from every angle. This company just doesn't cut it anymore.
3: And it sucks because like, I feel like, oh God, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't want WWE to fail. You know, like, and I know I'm going to sound like a shill and I've already been called a shill, so it's okay. Um, It's just like, I don't want the company to fail. I want them to do good because when they do good, I'm happy and it's entertaining. And, you know, that's how I became a fan, period. I grew up a WWE fan. You know? I don't think anyone really
2: wants the company to fail. Oh, there's I mean, people out
3: want... there, Luke. Oh, have yeah, you but, not? Yeah, have I you I not gone
2: on, on the God. internet? Well, I know, but they're the same people. Like, but on the other side of the coin, i like, I want AEW to go Someone legit t- tweeted me, saying, <laughs> you know, like the real, like, I've got a th- big thought about this after Tony Khan's tweet about Big Swall, and I was like, oh, that was ill advised. That was not. That was a very. Oh, that was thought. very
3: dramatic. There was Damn. no winning that
2: there really wasn't anyone anyway, I was like that was a very unprofessional thing to tweet someone tweeted me being like wrestling fans don't deserve AEW they should just shut the company down because wrestling fans don't deserve it and I'm like man like a calm down but B, like those are the sort of people that also want AEW to fail and they want WWE to fail and they want ring of honor to fail and they want like no one hates wrestling more than wrestling fans um C, or just Chance 25. I know I just did that one. Punk Rocks and Soda. Samoa Joe is about to roll up to AEW like it's Ring of Honor 2003. These are some of the best people you want backstage for what the company does. It baffles me that people can still support them and I feel like we're drifting closer to South Park's WWE parody. The... Uh, on that, the Fightful Select report on Samoa Joe is that he is most likely going to be an in-ring competitor outside of WWE. Within WWE, it was never going to happen. He was never going to get cleared. He will get cleared elsewhere, and he will be wrestling. And it's so mad as well. We had a wild prediction that came in on our prediction show that said that like one of Ring of Honor's biggest shows this year will be headlined by Samoa Joe versus um, CM Punk. And I was like, nah, it's never going to happen.
3: It actually now
2: could happen. <laughs>
3: Be careful, Luke. Be careful. A lot of stuff that we thought was never going to happen happened. I know, right? There's uh, no more saying never, say never. That thing's legit, man.
2: Uh, Kenji Letters says, Vince McMahon is a dream weaver. Visionary. <laughs> this is wonderful because I would wager there are going to be about five people in this chat that are going to understand this. Uh, Vince McMahon is a dream weaver, visionary, plus sports entertainer, and we are all in his dark place. By the way, today is my birthday. Hope you guys have a great 2022. Love the WrestleTalk family. I can't describe how much you guys helped me through all of these years.
3: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.
2: I thoroughly, thoroughly appreciated that reference. The Guilty Hats. If I had a nickel for every time WWE fired some Smojo, I'd have two nickels. Which it is a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice, right? We're less than 400 now?
3: Yeah, we're less than 400.
2: Hey, there's still, you know, 2,000 people watching this stream. Riot DR, William Regal has literally been given everything on and off camera. I will never understand how you can get rid of someone with those credentials. On a random note, the NIL system doesn't feel promising. It also reminds me of a Slipknot song. I don't know how you can say that it doesn't feel promising. It's literally only just kicked off.
3: I don't hate the idea of the Next In Line program. Again, I think there are certain ideas that are good, but you just can't dump all your other ideas. Uh, I, I, am I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the nil program. I'm yeah.
2: Interested. I'm, I'm curious to see what comes out of it. Like, yeah, you know, there may be some like really good, it's not like, you know, former NFL players like going into wrestling are a bad thing. I've got a lot of really good wrestlers have come from that background.
3: I mean, obviously, not everybody's going to be good, right? No. But hey. And did you see,
2: like, they signed like 1,500 people. They were like advertising them on road? Like, they had that sort of rolling, like, look at all these people that we signed to the NIL program. I'm like, I mean, at least two of them could probably be good.
3: Yeah. Probably two of them, maybe even one. We'll see. We probably won't even see a lot of these people make debuts or no anything one, like that. No. So, who knows what'll happen.
2: Although one of my big wild predictions for this year is that Gable Steveson is going to win the the U.S. championship at SummerSlam this year. Dude,
3: he's been drafted to Raw like a thousand years ago.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And he's going to win the U.S. title at SummerSlam. Omar Jose says, I feel like I can't support this product anymore. Anyway, because I can't see any justification for the firings of the most brilliant minds in the business just because they were part of the first and superior version of a product. I know both will be fine, but Jesus. Tenruzza, hope, uh, guys, ah, sorry. Hey, guys, I hope Regal and Joe go do some New Japan shows. You know, great names to build the US expansion and Joe in the Tokyo Dome. Yes, please. Have no sympathy who anyone, for anyone who re signs with the company. Also, Nakamura for the New Japan 50th anniversary, please. Oh, I would love it if you could, but I don't think that's ever going to happen.
3: I like how you were like, oh, I'd love it if you could. <laughs> I would love I wouldn't love it. would be very nice. It. it would be nice, wouldn't it? He yeah. wants to
2: do it. And it'd be a lovely little gift to give to Shinsuke nakamura to go let him go and do that one show.
3: Hey, remember when you said bless his cotton socks? Yeah, yeah. I've been using it now. I've used it <laughs> at least twice in my like normal life. I'll be like, oh, bless their cotton socks. Bless
2: their cotton socks uh maurice robinson most of the main roster are nxt members seth rollins was the first nxt champ he's a triple h guy he, he uh he is nxt it's very true actually like if you've gone to the main roster you've more or less got away with with a lot of that sort of the, the tarnishing of the uh but even so like a lot of nxt guys that went up to the main roster have also been released like there's only a handful of what i was trying to think of how many nxt champions are still in wwe and
3: there was like, a list. Went... somebody posted it yeah, so there like, like Owens, four Zayn, people Balor. or five left.
2: Yeah, Owens, Balor, Zane, Biggie, and Rollins are the names I can think of. I can think of five. Bo, D- I know, obviously Bo's gone. Carrion uh, Cross has gone. Uh, Cole's gone. Gargano's gone. Champers obviously still there, but he's not on the main roster. Uh, Black's gone. Andrade's gone. Yeah, there's not a lot of them left.
3: No, there isn't.
2: Uh, Jesse Pina said Vince feels Backed into a corner with the rise of AEW So he's going back to golden era characters To squash the competition like in the territory Days if WWE would let the main Roster shine and be themselves WWE wouldn't have to worry about numbers That's not necessarily True I, I do think That the casual WWE audience that is Paying to go and see WWE shows and I would say That it probably means then the majority Of the people that are watching it on a weekly basis Aren't us they aren't us here on the internet. They aren't us here on YouTube. They aren't us here in chats talking about this sort of stuff. They're just watching the product and enjoying the product. I made this point with um, uh, on a, a raw podcast, and a certain YouTuber took me to task for it, in fact. But there was like, it Ooh, was, was that age-
3: drama, Luke.
2: Oh yeah, this was a few months back. It was hilarious. Like he went on an absolute tear cool. because me. We- oh, I-, I won't say it because like, oh, okay. people. Yeah, I won't say. It. I'll tell you later. Um, okay. But he went on a massive tear about it. So you could probably, I mean, most people can probably guess who it was. And it's because I'd said that like AJ and Amos had this tag match. And I think it was against, I can't remember who he was against now. Bobby Lashley. It was like Bobby Lashley and someone else, right? And Amos got tagged in and the place went bananas. And I was like, it's because he's tall. It's because he's big and he's been well protected. Like that casual audience there is well into the idea of a Moss. Am I into the idea of a Moss? Absolutely not. He can't even have a good, AJ Styles couldn't even get a good match out of him. So I'm, I am got zero interest. The casual audience see that guy and it's like, God dang, look how tall that guy is. And they're going to watch and they're going to tune in to see what he does next. And I think he will be a WWE champion at some point. And the point I made was Adam Cole wouldn't have got that same reaction from the crowds, from that crowd in particular.
3: I think one of the things that I've personally learned from the internet crowd and the uh, live event crowd is that the live event, like the people that you're seeing your casuals, right? Like there are, I think a lot of them are definitely aware of, you know, what's going on and, you know, all the behind the scenes type stuff and all of that. But also a lot of them are legitimately just, you know, in every sense of the word casual, they go to the shows and, you know, they're looking for an entertaining show. If it's something sucks, they're not going to react. If something is cool, they're going to react. Like for example, a perfect example of that is Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, the, internet audience hates goldberg but then he goes he goes to the show and for the most part like as long as it's not terrible you know he definitely gets a positive reaction and if you notice a lot of the people that get these positive reactions are you know the more of the nostalgic people like your your edge always gets a great reaction randy Orton always gets a great reaction why because these people are already known and they have already made names for themselves so the casuals are aware and even if let's say i don't know somebody's not necessarily in a hot program the audience will will react to it because regardless, they know this person and they know that, you know, the person is a star. So they're going to react. Uh, I do think that the I do think that you know, especially having gone to a lot of events, it, it is different to see like what people like and what people don't like. And yeah. in regards to Amaz, I think there was, for them, there were some moments where I thought Amaz was gonna get over. But in recent times, uh, when he just pinned AJ Styles, I think, what was it last week on rock? Yeah, no on Raw. reaction, dead silence, nobody cared. Uh, <laughs> and I do think that uh, Adam Cole would have gotten a reaction Only if they would allow him to, you know, get over. If you allow somebody to get over, it doesn't matter how big or how small you are or how many muscles you do or do not have, you will, uh, you know, you will succeed if you're allowed to show who you are. Uh, I think, and like, it's hard to say, but I really do think that whoever you are, if you have personality, if you have charisma, if you have star power, it doesn't matter what size you are. But if they allow you to, you know, be that person, then the audience will react.
2: Do you want to say a good example and a good sort of like a thing to say as well? To people like it's the same audience. Like, who's going to get one of the biggest reactions from a live show at a WWE crowd? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon comes out, he's gonna get a huge part from this crowd. If you ask like the people watching this chat now, or the people like sending in ultra chats, people who like sending me stuff on Twitter, they don't like Vinny Mac because Vinny Mac fired 160 people over two years and he let like you know 500 more go backstage and this, that, and the other. He is like let people lose their jobs. He goes on TV, he's gonna get a massive reaction from that crowd.
3: Also, I feel like we stopped off to also talk about the fact that so many of these people that, you know, watch the product aren't necessarily on social media.
2: No, I don't think they are. Or, and if they are, they're the ones who would respond to those WWE accounts being like believing that they are, you know, real people.
3: Right. Or maybe they're, I don't know, on Facebook or Instagram. And let's be real, like, I feel like unless you're on Twitter, you don't really get or like on message boards, you really don't get to see like what people's like opinions really are. Like on Instagram, yeah, I'm sure you will see it, but it's not to the level of you know if you're tweeting something and I remember so prior to me actually you know doing this job I wasn't on Twitter I mean I had a Twitter account but I didn't really tweet about wrestling I tweeted about wrestling on Facebook where like my mom saw and I got like five (laughs) likes (laughs) yeah I wasn't on there you know you know spreading my agenda or my thoughts but I was going to all the shows I was watching all this stuff I was a fan I just wasn't out there tweeting you know
2: yeah there's, uh, tra- million,
3: there's more people like not millions but there's probably a bunch well,
2: i mean i would say this i I still um the belief believe that the large portion of the of people who watch monday night raw on a weekly basis are not watching these shows or are not like on twitter talking about how they don't like the product uh, anyway travis griffin says my bold prediction for 2022 is that triple h and steph are going to sell all of their stock and use that money to buy ring of honor and run that So, you know, we'll we'll certainly see. Uh, Hey, this is the year
3: to make bold predictions.
2: (laughs) I know, right? Um, On the subject of AEW, Sense of a Wookiee said, the AEW roster has over 100 male and just over 20 female wrestlers. With all the free agents around, what female talent would you like to see on Dynamite Rampage? Ember Moon, number one for me, please.
3: Yep, very incredibly talented. I got to see her at Mission Pro. That was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, But yeah. Obviously, she's definitely somebody that I would definitely agree with. Who else do we got right now that's a free agent for the women?
2: Oh, more like, uh, so uh, I mean, well, like Slamovich? A lot
3: of them, I feel like. A, sorry,
2: Slamovich? like she was in some like amazing work in Impact, Lady Frost. No, she's before,
3: with right? Impact now, like officially. No,
2: oh, she actually officially signed with them.
3: Yeah, right? yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah.
2: Okay, I thought I wasn't sure because like, she made her I, debut
3: I, last night. Actually, no,
2: I know, but I wasn't sure if it was just like a paper appearance thing as opposed to like. No, like I
3: think she signed. It. Yeah. Oh
2: right, okay, no, I take that back then. I mean, actually, I now think, she
3: had- I think I'm pretty sure. Let me make sure. Now,
2: Nav right here just said Tony Storm. And yeah, she's she'll be a free agent soon enough. There's a bunch of people out there. I, I went on a bit of a tear about this on the AEW review yesterday about the fact that there is only still one women's match on an AEW show, and I still think that's insane. But also, like, yeah, when you write it down like that, that AEW have over 100 men on their roster and just over 20. She is, is.
3: Yeah, she is signed.
2: Actually, oh, is signed. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, Tyre Valkyrie is another good shout from the chat there as well. Uh the adnap too. I feel like every time we get a wrestling alternative, something eventually ruins it. WCW was an alternative, but then the bubble burst. TNA was great until they hired Hogan. NXT was great, but now WW have torn it apart. I'm paranoid for AEW. I wouldn't be paranoid about AEW, I'm sure like They'll be fine. They have, like they have got a hardcore fan base, and the same way that WWE has got a hardcore fan base, they'll be okay because they'll still be buying the, they'll buy the merchandise, they'll buy the tickets, they'll buy the pay per views.
3: We gotta root for someone, right? <laughs> uh
2: legit underboss said, I would love to see William Regal in AEW managing Cole and Red Dragon or Brian Danielson. i I do you know I would love to see another William Regal match. Like if Regal was really up for it, I would love to see another Regal match. I love I'm I was such a mark for William Regal when I was a kid. Such a mark. I mean, maybe it's just because he's english and he's from blackpool which is awesome it's the las vegas of the north you're Um, like
3: that could be me when i grow up i just thought
2: he was such a fun heel like such a great heel and i i just (laughs) absolutely just i I thought it was wonderful um and i would love to see him back on i'd love to see him have another match um do, 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 do. oh someone said maurice robinson most of the main roster has come through nxt especially the female division that is true oh i actually also want to say someone else pointed out drew mcintyre former nxt champion that's still on the main roster thank you very much that's the one i didn't think of jared hazelwood uh what do you think are the top five world titles not in wwe nxt or aew i asked because i think there are a few hard cuts to be made within a top five now and a sign of how amazing the business is Top five world titles, not in WWE or AEW. So I guess you probably, IWGP.
3: Yeah. World title. I would probably also suggest like, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, I think that's like
2: the biggest one. Yeah. I, I would say that is the biggest world title outside of it, because I think you can possibly make the argument for the impact world title, but I don't.
3: Oh yeah. I didn't even <laughs> know <laughs> where's my brain outside for some reason. I thought we had already included that. That's why I didn't even think of it. I was like, yeah, it's included. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think you can make the argument for the impact title. Um,
3: of course, triple yes. mega
2: championship. I think yes. make the yes. argument for Yeah. Yeah. I think there's uh, quite a few out there you could do. Um, Andrew Adame, can you and Denise quickly talk about petrol slash gas prices? Where I live in Sacramento, it's four fifteen a gallon or three pounds in the UK. And that's just unleaded gas. But yes, have you seen the Selena movie? I have to bring that up again.
3: Did you watch it?
2: I still have not seen it, no.
3: Luke, I can't with you your anymore. Eyes.
2: Don't roll your eyes at me. I haven't seen... I've got a kid now. I ain't got time to watch shows and films and oh, stuff. Oh, come
3: on. You can be like feeding the kid and be watching a movie. You're it telling me you me. haven't watched one movie since the kid was born?
2: <laughs> In bits, Yes. It took okay us, like, it, you can it is, at least is, watch
3: is, selena in bits but like when
2: i'm working it's so much harder like i had a day off and I, that's how i was able to do it we have genuinely tried to get through the last episode of succession i'm about like halfway through series two of it and it's taken us three nights to watch one episode of that show because we're watching it in 10 12 minute chunks
3: i gotta tell you luke you're not making me very excited about going into motherhood <laughs> in the future
2: Oh, that was delightful. TV's overrated, anyway. Um,
3: yeah, no, I can't agree with that.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, so babies this, this or was...
3: TV—that's the option.
2: So this was from the AEW podcast yesterday because me and Pete were talking about uh, petrol prices here in the UK. What you, do you have any opinions on gas prices in LA? Please,
3: I live in California, Southern California. uh if Gas is very expensive here. It's like, yeah, it's very expensive. I think we're close to five dollars right now, and in some areas, you know, obviously more than other areas.
2: Also, three quid for petrol—that'd be amazing. It's four fifty at the moment, four fifty-five. And lastly, Garrett Rogers. So, what do you guys think about Wardlow versus Punk on Dynamite next week? I think Wardlow should win. He always loses these. Have to beat the bus muscle to fight the boss matches. He gains a lot by winning. It throws the winner of Punk into M versus MJF in doubt and raises tensions between Wardlow and MJF
3: absolutely not
2: yeah i think for me garrett like it is if your big match is punk versus mjf i don't think i'd be having punk take a pinfall loss leading into that like that is like that for me is just not that is not a logical sound thing to do because then let's
3: say it's supposed to be mjf it's not going to mean as much if wardlaw already did it
2: exactly right like if if mjf is the is trying to be the first guy to pin punk like i know there are people that are you know saying oh it's going to be like uh MJF is gonna cause the DQ, so the punk has got a loss. I think like for me, like the MJF character wants to be the guy that gives Punk the first loss, not right. like, just by doing the DQ thing. So I think he will want to win. I would wonder if they do the they rerun the DQ thing, but he gets Wardlow DQ'd, and oh, or something along those lines. Like I, I haven't really thought that far ahead, but I would think that for me, I want punk going up against MJF with both of them like not taking pinfall losses leading into it.
3: Yeah, I second that.
2: Yeah, or even like losses going into it. I know mgf has got the DQ loss, but I think that's just part of the storyline to set up the idea. We've got one more chat that's just come through from the Sheldon Show that says, first time Ultra chat. With WWE announcing Walter's last match in NXT UK, do you see the move as a sign of bigger things or a way to write him out? Given I don't know where Walter fits into the new NXT or main roster, love you guys, keep up the great work. It's been pointed out by quite a few people that Walter has trimmed down a lot and
3: he has actually Mm -hmm. like he
2: looks in much better shape now than he did when he was in that ill ill thought out survivor series match where he was eliminated in like 90 seconds as the as the nxt uk champion and as walter of all people to be eliminated within 90 seconds and like if you're working for vince mcmahon you do need to have a good body because otherwise he'll just put you in a t-shirt or a vest like he did for keith lee or, or damo so I think that him trimming down and getting into much better shape is actually probably a good sign for him and his future. Because in- he's going to be there for a little while, I think.
3: I hope so. I mean, I love Walter, so I'll take him wherever, you know, he can be.
2: Walter rules. Uh, we are now less than six, uh, 360 followers away from 50K for Denise Salcedo. Where can people go and follow you?
3: At underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm very easy to find.
2: Yes, you are. What have you got coming up? What would you like to plug?
3: Um, honestly, really just my show speak now pro wrestling on F4W online Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Fridays. I pretty much there every single week. I got plenty of shows. Um, that's honestly really what i want to plug and i'm you know obviously i do a bunch of stuff everywhere else so please just go to my twitter account because i promote every single thing there youtube.com slash denise salcedo if you do want to t- check out that interview with sean michaels please check it out um that was the biggest interview that i got last year and it was a tremendous interview if you haven't checked it out please do uh, uh, youtube.com slash denise salcedo
2: i'm also gonna give a huge plug the five raw post show it's my favorite raw review to listen to on a weekly basis i think you and sean uh, do an amazing job on that so everyone i would highly recommend that everyone go and check out the raw post show because you do it directly after the show and you're yeah. the only people that are doing it these days we're um, the only
3: ones left i know, I know.
2: everyone else like me like immediately
3: afterwards obviously. exactly me, other people and do and, it,
2: but... me and ollie and going in raw like we wait till the day after but you guys are directly there and i think it's always a really really fun show even if sean does bully you a lot
3: Oh I get bullied a lot And then oh, I, I do I like one thing wrong And it's like ooh. <laughs> There's so much drama on that show
2: It's delightful but um... It's
3: definitely uh, a show that a lot of people love I think
2: Oh yeah I think it's great got any big plans for this weekend
3: um yeah so this weekend i gotta watch wrestle kingdom night three i gotta watch hard to kill i gotta watch aew battle of the bouts and then i have I'm ring announcing on sunday and i got two podcasts to do so i got two podcasts this weekend that's not including tonight's podcast tonight's podcast two podcasts in the weekend three shows to watch oh uh, well five technically five shows if you include today and then an actual show to do
2: I actually completely forgot. I was meant to. Me- I think I even did message the, uh, you about this as well. I think I can't even remember which show it was that you did now, but Paul Shear was there from How Did This Get Made? And I was like, oh my God, Paul Shear was at the show that you did. And no I no
3: idea. Oh man, yeah, it was wicked.
2: Like, and I think he was like, I think he worked the show as well. I'm trying to think what it was. That- which show I don't was remember. It? Paul Sheer. I do not remember. Hold on. This is last month. This week, I made my do 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 do. Dang, where was it? I was at GCW.
3: Which one?
2: Do do do.
3: Probably a while back, huh? Or recently?
2: It was. This was uh, on. Uh, this was on Reddit three months ago.
3: Oof, there's been so many shows. I don't remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was highest in the room
3: oh that was i think one of my early shows that i did
2: yeah but anyway nice. it was just, I'm, I'm i'm such a mark for uh, paul Shear because so we my wife and i love how did this get made uh it is a podcast that so my wife and i have been dating now for nearly eight years and prior to the kid being born every single night we had on an episode of how did this get made the podcast
1: Wow.
2: For eight years. So, Paul Shearer is is a voice that's been in my ears for eight plus years. That's nice. Every day we would listen to it.
3: Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I would have gotten like a video for you or something. I
2: know. I was just thinking about this. I was like, man, is there a way that I can use Denise now to get Paul (laughs) Shearer on the show?
3: I have zero connections. Zero.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. I
3: I missed out on the opportunity, really.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, the next time he's booked, I'll 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 keep an eye out for the next time that he's yeah, booked, and I'll be yeah, like, Denise, Denise, pull the book for the show again. Do so, and then
3: I'll go stock them for you.
2: <laughs> well, thank you very much. What's the show you're doing this weekend?
3: Um, LA Fights is this weekend, so that should be fun. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be a good time.
2: How have you found your return to ring announcing?
3: Oh, uh, I like it. I'm not in love with it. Every oh, time really? I do a show, I keep telling myself it's going to be the last show I do. Really. I, I I sometimes find ring announcing a little boring. I'm not gonna lie to you. So yeah. after like yeah, like I love going and watching the shows, but ring announcing itself is not really my passion. Like I do it, but it's not my passion. You so prefer the commentary. Yeah, I prefer commentary for sure. For sure, I find it so much more fun. Uh, it goes by really fast, and it's more challenging for me. Uh, so I appreciate that aspect of it more. And I think ring announcing just after doing it a while it uh it gets a little uh, repetitive and a little bit just like oh it's the same thing over and over and over and over unless you get to obviously you do different introductions different wrestlers but i i just keep telling myself every show i'm going to i'm done like that's it like i'm good like i could do something else now and then i keep coming back <laughs> i can't say no
2: We're getting like the scoops on this uh, podcast here. Denise Salcedo (laughs) quits wrestling ring announcing.
3: Yeah, it just, it gets a little bit, you know, repetitive. And I've done it now for a couple of years. So I'm a little bit just like, eh, cool.
2: Denise Salcedo quits GCW on the (laughs) WrestleTalk podcast.
3: I think part of the reason why I do it is just because it's like, oh, it's GCW and I love the brand and all of that. So I feel like that's why I do it but i'm not necessarily going out there now and like you know i'm not seeking out ring announcer opportunities does that make sense
2: You're, yeah one of my uh my new year's resolutions this year is that i'm going to try and get more into gcw shows because i see like so much talking about it right like and it's and it's all like any time they do a show like my, my my twitter blows up and everything like that and i I see and i follow a lot of the people that do stuff for gcw but it's like, it's on fight and I've got to pay for it. And <laughs> the majority of wrestling that I tend to watch is paid for by the company. So I like, see. Yeah. If pay- I've, I've got to buy it myself. I'm like, eh, I've got to really. I gotta work hard to get my my money. If you want you should do to your first yourself.
3: official one. You should do like the show that they're having at the Hammerstein. That should be like the first one you like do, like your That's introduction. What thinking,
2: yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like I was going to re, I was going to watch the one they just did with uh with Scotty on the show and Jeff Jarrett attacking Effie and and things like that. So yeah, I, I getting into gcw is one of my things. I'm gonna try and do this year. Watch a bit more wrestling,
3: maybe And
1: your
2: like, bucket like, list. Well, oh, yeah, I think because one of the things I've I've noticed since I became a well, a dad is. I'm. I'm now watching Rampage, which I wasn't previously.
3: Really, I thought you were.
2: Well, I, I. I I. sort of was, but I sort of wasn't. I would watch it, like if you know, if I had a free hour, I would do. I would mm-hmm. watch it, but pretty much like once my. Once the clock strikes on my working day, I don't tend to do anything wrestling related. Like if I'm not watching wrestling for work, I ain't watching wrestling. So I wasn't. And then what I've discovered, what I found was that I was then not watching wrestling for fun. I was only ever watching wrestling for work. So Rampage then became my wrestling fun. I would watch, and Rampage is now like my favorite show of the week because I don't have to talk about it. I could just watch it and enjoy it and it's an hour long and I love it and it's great. And it reminds me of when I worked my uh, previous shoot job and I used to watch NXT on my Thursday lunch breaks when it was on the network. So yeah, it kind of reminds me of, uh, a little bit of that and I, I, I very much enjoy it. So I'm trying to like find watching wrestling for fun again as opposed to just sense. watching it for work.
3: I completely understand you. Completely.
2: Yeah, because like, because I, I haven't been going to sh- i am going to shows either because the pandemic and you know things like that. I used to go to shows all the time, but now I'm not even going to shows anymore. So, I'm trying to trying to fix that for 2022. At least I'm going to try to anyway.
3: I love that. Those are some good goals. I love that.
2: Thanks, man. Um, Right. Anyway, we need to get out of here. Thank you so much, as always, Denise. I will see you next week uh, for this show once again. Thank you all so much for listening. Pete and are back tomorrow with the Smackdown review. Then Ollie and I reunite together to do the Raw review on Tuesday. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye.